Joy Abdullah is a strategic marketing professional with over three decades of experience in leading global marketing, brand management, and product teams in competitive verticals such as financial services, higher education, tourism and hospitality, telecommunications, and professional services. Having built brands and marketing teams from the ground up that required a hands-on approach and creative strategies to produce immediate results, he champions the human factor in businesses. He believes that the best results occur when the right strategy rides on authentic relationships. He helps professional service business achieve consistent and sustainable growth through their marketing by helping them grow genuine trusting relationships. That's why his outfit is called Humanizing Business. Joy is a UK national settled in Malaysia and you can learn more about him and Humanizing Business, his consulting agency, on LinkedIn and on Instagram. Welcome. Thank you for coming to this uh, episode. I was really looking forward to it and I'm very pleased to have you with us today. It's a pleasure to be here, Spiros. Thank you for having me on your show. Uh, Joy, uh, let's start our conversation uh, with um, telling us a bit about where were you before uh, you come up with what you are doing now. Um, let's talk about a bit your uh, studies, your background and how did you came up with the ideas that uh, we are about to discuss today uh, about and how do they apply in the VUCA environment or how do they uh, are affected from VUCA environment. So please. If I give you the long version of it, I think we'll have a 42 episode podcast because that's going to span close to about 34, 35 years. But uh, here's a quick snapshot of it. Professionally, I'm a qualified uh, MBA specializing in finance with a minor in marketing. And uh, I started my career literally by default because my original career plan was to go into banking, Forex, and M&A, mergers and acquisition in the commercial side. I went for a campus interview with an ad agency 35 years ago. And uh, the next time I blinked, 30 years had passed, literally. Uh, it was like love affair at first sight, a duck takes to water kind of stuff. Uh, so I started my career in advertising. I learned the ropes. I spent 18 years in various ad agencies, global ad agencies across the Indian subcontinent and Southeast Asia and uh, relocated to Malaysia 23, 24 years ago, exactly to be precise. And that's when I shifted over from advertising to what we in advertising and marketing say the client side. So I went across to various industries, eight specific industries, and the reason for that is I wanted to specialize at that point in time. I had got a fair amount of years of what is the whole marketing process and marketing planning all about. What is brand building all about? So I worked in eight industries covering uh, from management consulting to financial services to higher education, hospitality, tourism, uh, professional services. And I ended up in 2018 finishing a seven year employment stint where you know i hit the glass ceiling the next role was to become the ceo but you don't 
become the CEO as a foreigner uh, when you already have a foreigner as a CEO out there. And plus, it's a contractual. Uh, foreigners in Malaysia have to work on contracts. So anyways, I love what I do. When I came out, I said, good, pre-pandemic days, I've got some skills, I've got some knowledge, I've got some experience and track record. So hey, how difficult can business be? Oh boy, was I in for a shock because I went in uh, to set up and I do did a management boutique management consulting outfit with a couple other people. And, uh, you know, we went the whole nine yards using social media, organic marketing and gener generated uh, prospecting clients and everything only to fall so flat on our faces that I think I had to literally you know, you see those cartoons when you fall and they pick you up by themselves like you're a 1D picture, literally picked up. And this happened just before our beautiful pandemic hit the world. Literally, I, I realized that 30 years of experience is not it. That's not what will make a business grow. To make a business grow, you need a different set of skills. You need a different set of, you know, attitude, mindset, you need a total different perspective. You've got to work on the business and not in the business. And at that point in time, just as the pandemic was hitting, this was December 2019, Jan 2020, mm -hmm. I realized something that I had not in three decades of employment, which was I so love my work. I so love my work. I so love doing what I do that I've been always working in the business. Wherever I have worked, yeah. I've worked in the brand for the brand for the business i've never worked like an entrepreneur on the business looking at financial flows cash flow risk factors etc i've done all of that but i've done all of that in the business from that brand i've never done it for a benefit to self or as in growing a business um, then the pandemic happened and it was a well Good and bad. The good was that it gave me the time to pause and literally stop, drop dead and rethink out how do I want to do, what do I want to do? And the bad was, of course, everything dried up. I was a consultant on site. I was consulting with clients in, in Bangladesh and India on site. There was no online consulting. I was running small projects. So um, bread and butter just went away. So, you know, when you, when you, and you're a diver, and I've read some of the stuff that Seabreeze has put out. When you don't keep an eye on your tank and you don't keep an eye on your time and you're running out of air, you will do anything that is necessary short of asphyxiation to get up to surface to get a lung of air. And that was how early 2020 was because it became, an, it became survival. I had to help my wife, God bless her soul, Put some bread and butter on the table for the family you know we had to pay mortgage just like common people and at that phase i realized what was i good in as i said i have always worked in the business and i understood that how marketing works is something that i love and i understand and it's easy for me to explain to my six-year-old what is marketing how does it work mm -hmm. and in today's world what has happened is marketing has got so fragmented so fragmented it's it's like you know, the big bang happening, but then you cannot even piece the earth together because it's in minor shards. And marketing has been broken into so many fragments that people on the outside are confused. So I work with professional services. This is engineering firms, healthcare, accounting, legal, 
uh, SaaS companies in the solution space. And there is a whole perception that they have about marketing, which is, oh, let's just go and pay money on social media and we'll have our leads. Yeah. That's, that's just the, you know, the nail on the little finger, so to speak. That's not marketing. And the second thing I realized is that technology and tools are only good in the hands of the right people. So if you don't have the right people collaborating and working for you, to the right people who would be your ideal clients to grow with, you're not going to get your business growing. And that's where humanizing business, which is my strategic marketing and content consultancy, came about. I decided that's my niche. I'm going to focus there. And in 2021 is when I brought it out. I uh, communicated it to my clients. And since then, I work with startups and mid-sized companies. And the only thing is, I do run masterclasses, but I prefer to work on short-term and nine to 10-month or annual projects because it's a little easier to show results on an annualized basis than doing a lead marketing campaign for 90 days and, you know, uh, sorry, for nine days and showing a result on the 10th day. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's where I'm at. I, I, I work with uh, four to five clients at a point in time. I have four collaborative associates and partners in, in different parts of the world, in Nigeria and in India, mm -hmm. that I cooperate and I work with. And I have a team of uh, specialists who come on board on project basis as required by the by the uh, campaign or the brief. And um, so that's it. So I spend a lot of my time, 75%, 80% of my time is on my business, networking, prospecting, and publishing. But publishing is not publishing social media content. It's actually creating uh, articles, thought leadership articles on particular issues for marketing and bringing that out. And all of that is used in social media in different forms. So that's my background. That's what I do. I love doing that. Chances are I will be doing that till the day I go to my grave. But definitely uh, big, uh, big story, and uh, obviously more than uh, forty-five episodes to to cover your. Oh background. yeah. Uh, very pleased to to have you here. So, Joy, I heard you uh, very uh, very carefully on what you uh, just uh, talked about. We had a great conversation before we jumped to this episode. So. As I am also involved in the marketing and sales industry, uh, I realize that I, I have also realized that all the, those things that you just referred to are creating a VUCA situation in uh, uh, small business enterprises or bigger organizations. Nowadays, it, there is no um, differentiation according to the operational model that uh, both small, mid, small medium uh, business businesses and big organizations are working. So uh, let's start our, uh, let's get to the, the juice of, uh, of our conversation. And my, my question is, how does one manage uncertainty in this VUCA environment? Let me, let me start with the word uncertainty. And you've rightly said, Spiros, that irrespective of the size of the organization and the classification, uncertainty or VACA as a whole affects everyone from the multi-million dollar Forbes listed company all the way down to the small business owner. And the key thing that affects is uncertainty. And in, in managing uncertainty, the key is 
are you able to anticipate change and what you need to do to adapt so it's two things what to do and how to do it you know already things are uncertain and tomorrow you know that uncertainty will continue so once you know that start anticipating the change any business owner will have the pragmatism and the foresight to be able to say things are going to go a b c you know operate in threes just for simplicity so if you have a b and c what do you do and how do you do it bring in those little cogs processes instead of oh things are changing no uh, no 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 i wish it was back how it was earlier don't resist because the more you resist there is an opposite and equal force pushing that onto you you are going to have uh, uncertainty as the continuous constant at least in my opinion and view as i look forward to even 2024 i'm having trouble looking beyond 25 i don't think we in any part of the world are going to come away or out of any form of uncertainty that we read and hear about today be it natural environmental led be it geopolitical be it regulatory we are going to live this is our world now so understand to manage it to grow your business first understand how far you can see doesn't matter if it's 30 days what do you do in those 30 days and how do you do it and here's where you need to be very very clear or have clarity of thought what to do is your own experience talking and guiding you yes reach out and take help from people who are experienced who firefighter who worked in the trenches who know what to do and take that advice evaluate it with your own experience and judgment to create how to do the tip that i would give business owners of any size especially those in the service side on the how to do is start getting collaborative there are lots more people for example you and i are talking on this podcast it is an informal form of collaboration because together we are creating a visibility for ourselves so to manage uncertainty when you know what you have to do if you are hamstrung or you are thinking you don't have the resources reach out to collaborate with other industry players and you'll be surprised how many people would actually say yes to you the key skill in doing this bit of managing uncertainty through what to do and how to do as i mentioned is clarity clarity of thought creates a path a confident path if i may say a path that allows you to take swift action this is proactive action it's not a reaction to the change from uncertainty you're actually looking at it and you're going forward with it so you know have that clarity that's the key skill and from a marketing perspective what this does to your brand is you are helping your brand be agile because you are foreseeing what are the changes you are taking steps on what to do and your how to do it you're allowing your brand to communicate that out in its marketing out there and that's the only way you can manage uncertainty which is what to do how to do have clarity of thought and do it every day it's not an exercise you do every quarter you literally have to do this at least every week because that's how how fast the world is changing that is awesome i i love the the thing that you mentioned to those three things to the collaboration to the clarity 
and uh, how those two things are helping the the agility thing that it, it is a, a modern a modern uh, um, a modern thing that uh, the majority of the people are looking around and they are trying to get involved so uh, how can you make the resistance uh, work for you as i said if you go against resistance it's laws of physics you know every equal has an opposite and equal reaction so if you push against that and mm -hmm. say you're being stubborn all it's going to do is it's going to overwhelm you you're just going to get so overwhelmed, anxious, and frustrated. Uh, it's going to impact your business. So I have an, I, I'm an acronym person. I love synonyms. So I have something that I use in my master classes called RAC. It's not R-A-C-K. It's just R-A-C. Three things. First, as the marketeer, the business owner, or the senior decision maker, recognize there's a change. Accept that. First is acceptance. Don't deny things are not going to change. You're going to go back. No, recognize there's a change. A, anticipate, which goes back to what we have already spoken about. Anticipate that the change is continuous. What can you do about it? Which means what are the new ways you can explore? So the moment you go into new ways, what to do? You're already looking at what to do. The how to do will flow. And the third thing is C, R-A-C. C, mentioned already, collaborate. Teamwork creates strength and it brings critical thinking abilities together. When you, when you have that strength and critical thinking together, you're gonna to see a path ahead, what to do and how to do it comes forward. So make resistance work for you by using this rack. To sum it up, recognize there's a change, accept it, decide what you're going to do, anticipate, work to find new ways, explore, experiment, collaborate because you need strength. So get other people, even your own people on board, ask your team, what should we do and how should we do it? And you'll find that you're flowing with the resistance or to use your balance spirals from swimming, if I'm correct, flow with the current, don't fight it because it takes up a lot more energy. Flow with the current, catch your breath, go down, pause, evaluate, take action. That's it. That's awesome. And uh, as business owners, how can we manage in this book environment? See, this will depend from business to business, but there are some commonalities in, in how you can manage this. So let me start with saying that, or rather repeating on this. Disruption is no longer something that happens once in 10 years or once in five years. Disruption is now the normal. So to use a much used term, I'll say disruption in any industry is now the new norm, okay? Which means you've got, you've done, the way you've done work earlier, before, historically, like I said, I've got three decades of experience, but everything I've done in the three decades doesn't cut it anymore. I have to learn on the go and experiment and use it. So everything that you've done does not work anymore. And that will lead you to doing one thing, which is what is it you can do? And that's the key to managing all of VACA. Approach it with accepting the uncertainty and handling, you've got to do new things. So all this bit about volatility and everything else comes in. From a marketing perspective, how I guide my clients and, and business owners who come to me is, I have, a, I have a, a program which is called the power of one. So simply put, it has five steps. It helps you to have one focus, one value, one problem, one outcome, one experience, which means 
when you're exploring what to do and as business owners or senior decision makers we'll have eight nine ten things running in our head as focused on we need to do all of these mm -hmm. write it down on a piece of paper and then force yourself to have clarity of which is the most important have one that becomes your goal. You need to solve that. That's the critical. Second thing is, come from your marketing perspective and say, what's my most important brand value that I want to communicate? And then look at your audience who you are talking to. Does that value align? Is it same with them? If not, look at what is the value and have one value that you will use in your content for communication across everything, email, uh, organic social media, whatever it goes. Then you look at once you've done your focus of your goal and your value. Remember, I said you'll have eight, nine, 10 things running through your head as problems and issues. Do the same thing, list it down, prioritize which is the one that will put you out of business if you don't solve. That's the one problem. Do it for yourself and then do it for your prospective clients or your existing client. What is the burning issue for them? Group it. You might have two or three. For example, for some clients, it might be cash flow. For some clients, it might be simply lead generation. For some clients, it just might be brand awareness. I'm, I'm speaking from a marketing perspective. Group it. Then look at what's important for you. Is it brand awareness? Is it lead generation? Is it you know revenue growth? What is it? See if there's an alignment, but focus on one problem and start communicating using your content to highlight that to your audience as well as in your own brand communication. Last, no, sorry, the fourth one, one outcome. What is the one thing that you want to achieve as a business owner? What is the one thing your clients want to achieve as a business owner? Mm -hmm. And this will flow from the problem. Whatever the problem you have identified, there'll be a solution desired outcome which improves the quality of life. This is very important. It's not about new, more profits. It's about how does that more profit help the business team improve their life because that flows into the last bit which is the one experience you take all of this focus value problem outcome and you find out how it improves their life you bring that into your content to deliver a seamless content experience of the brand across every touch point be it your website be it your ebook be it your email marketing, be it your DMs, social media, absolutely seamless. So wherever your audience is seeing you from a, a brand perspective, they say, hey, Seabreeze, that's right. I, I read about this. Oh, that's right. They send me the email to download that on, on Vaka. So it adds to your credibility and adds to your uh, ability to be a resource provider, which is what will attract the clients. So from a marketing perspective, why this I'm highlighting this power of one is because to manage uncertainty and operate in the VACA, you've got to become extremely, I call it nano focused, which means, yes, we have a peripheral vision, but this is where you need to use tunnel vision to your benefit. You need to not look at everything. If required, put horse blinders, get very focused on what's your... Where's your market? Who's your audience? What's your problem? What's your issue? Communicate and stick with it till you see. And you'll know the moment you'll see, you'll hit a 12, 13, 14% sales growth. You'll jump your cash flow. You'll jump your revenue. You'll know that you are now managing 
uncertainty. You're starting to get comfortable. The only advice I'll say at that point, don't take all the money and run away. Invest the money back in your business. Get keep. That's it. That's my two cents worth in this. That is so nice. I love the um, uh, the, the way that you are brought in, in, in light the uh, the value of uh, uh, the tunnel vision when it needs to. But this uh, brings another question that says that okay. Uh, Definitely, we are talking about balance. So, where yeah. to stay and what to use uh, for um, to, to get what you you want to. So, this means that as humans, we are available, and uh, we yes. have the intention to do the correct thing. But very quick, we will drop back to previous behaviors, understandings, decisions, uh, and this also applies to to marketing things. So Absolutely. what are you doing? This is a VUCA situation, basically. So what have you ever had this experience with any of your clients and how did you uh, manage to, to solve the, the issue? I'm, I'm glad you asked that, Spiros, because this is, this is an ongoing. I have it with every client, every mm -hmm. client. It's human nature. We are creatures of habit. Habit is the most difficult thing to build simply because until and unless one is willingly, voluntarily committed and passionate, and it doesn't happen in 21 days. I'm sorry, but in my opinion, I haven't found people creating a habit by simply running 21 days, they get into running. In fact, after the 21st day, they're like, oh, good God, 21 days is over, let's not do it anymore. So I have it every time. I use uh, a mindset coach. I actually use an executive coach on attitudinal behavior development, and I introduce them to my clients to say, before, one is the operational side, doing strategy, doing your marketing, that's all fine. Mm -hmm. That's okay. But guess what? If you don't tune up the engine, no matter how much of wax and fins and everything you put in the car, the car is not going to go fast. It's the engine that needs to actually be improved. Mm -hmm. The engine is your mind, how you think, how you approach. Because at the end of the day, as an outside consultant, I can recommend till I'm blue in my face but you're the one who's going to put the box and you're the one who's going to say yes because you are the business owner. So I take the help of an executive coach in attitudinal behavior development who walks them through self-development. That's one part. In two occasions, I've also taken the help and introduced them to an NLP, a senior master practitioner in NLP to help three members in our client's organization, very senior CEO and deputy CEO and GM, to be very honest, designation wise, to actually walk through certain blocks that they have about their own personal self-belief, which has an impact on how to create their own personal brand. So when I work, I work two ways. I have to have personal brands from the company to talk about. So Spiros has to talk about himself before I can market Seabreeze out to the audience. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then Seabreeze marketing is there. Uh, and in that journey, I found that people were very reticent because they had these biases and self-beliefs. Mm -hmm. So I asked them to have a chat, just what started as one introductory 90-minute chat with an NLP master practitioner actually became a program that they happily took on, paid, and did, and were grateful that they did because the NLP lady then went on to do programs for the company. But two examples. It's an absolute must from a leadership perspective, if I may use that word, for 
business owners, marketeers, senior managers to actually understand your own biases affect the work that you do. So you've got to understand and recognize your biases, take help and get trained on it. After that, when you come on strategy, that's fantastic. Whether it's business strategy, marketing strategy, you use data. But what happens is data does not lie, but data can mislead. Yeah. I repeat this and it's not my quote. Data does not lie, but data can mislead. And the reason is why it misleads is you said it. Us humans are fallible. We are fallible because we go by our experience and our experience creates bias. We automatically have bias, whether we like it or not. So when we are using that filter without realizing our biases in kicked in and we are reading the data, we can read it as we believe mm -hmm. is right. Okay. But if you give it to a software to interpret and tell you the way forward, which BI business intelligence softwares do, uh, it can be so diametrically opposite to what you believe mm -hmm. that you're going to say, no, the data is wrong. And this is where you need to have that, that mindset attitudinal balance because you, you senior businesses, we are dealing with so much uncertainty that it affects us, you know? So it's always good to have an executive coach, some stuff that you do. I would recommend people do that, take you or have you on the side to just balance them out before they're taking strategic decisions, critical thinking going forward. That's all. That's awesome. And my one cent uh, on uh, what you uh, previously said about the, the data is that um, there is, we, we know the income and we know the outcome, but we don't know the story between the income and the outcome Absolutely. of the data. So this is another reason to slow down and, uh, keeping a, you know a, a slower pace uh, to that thing that we call change doesn't Absolutely. matter if it's in the marketing or on the operational part of uh, of the business but we are at the end of the day we are uh, business owners and we run a business okay and again doesn't matter if it is a small medium business enterprise or an organization at the end of the day this business needs to create profit and now the compromise is between the time that we need in order to bring that change and to start, you know, acting with the new uh, hardware and the profits. So there is a gap there. Yeah. How do we do we manage that thing there? How do we um, how, how do we tell to ourselves that okay, slow down, take your time, change your mind, and then jump back again to the strategy and to the operation? What's going on there? Look. All of us work eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. If it's important to you, you have a calendar. All of us, senior people or no, we live by our calendars. We have our activities, right? Prioritize. You're not asking somebody to spend four hours a day or you know five times a week. You're probably asking somebody to spend an hour or two hours a week. That's it, continuously on the attitudinal side. Then go ahead and spend another six hours on your operations and revenue generations and all of that. Okay, but find that balance. If you don't invest in your self-development, to use a cliched term, uh, self-development does not stop when you finished with your skills training, your education or whatever. It goes on till the day, moment, minute that you physically cease to exist. If you 
believe that your self-development is not required. Business can be run the way you've run it before. You might as well not do the second part, which is work on strategy and profit because everything you're working on uh, is not going to work. It's like, I don't know, uh, it's like using horses in place of cars <laughs> and trying to go from place X to place B, which we used to do, I don't know, 150 years ago or some odd time, but you have to invest in self-development. The second thing is what's important, you will always find time for it. And I think irrespective of the size of the organization, senior professionals recognize the need for self-development. That's why you have the self-help industry books and category going through the roof. So people would prioritize and invest in it. And of course, try and find how can a senior leadership coach or a behavior coach fit into my entire business process. And I, I mean, I've been involved in company retreats, so to speak, mm -hmm. from a business strategy planning perspective, only to find out that it's a two day session of, you know, pause, detox, let your thoughts out, be open. This is in closed doors. Nobody's going to judge kind of scene. So I got shocked because I went in with all preparation in my mind thinking it's a two day strategy. It's going to be data, numbers, figures, charts. You know, that's the mindset. But everything starts with a let's have a very relaxed breakfast by the beach on at eight o'clock or 730. And then at 10, let's just adjourn under the tree and talk, simply talk what's in our head. And I'm like, OK, where's this going? So it literally took me half a day to lunch on the first day with this client to go across and ask the CEO and say, sorry, I thought we are in a strategic retreat. He said, yeah, I'm doing this because we need to find ourselves. I think we are all too wearing too much of ties and suits and getting too stuck. I said, ah, okay, then the penny drop. So what you what you value, you will always prioritize, you'll always find time. The question is, again, this is from the marketing side. There's so much of uh, trash out there on self-help, development, growth, that people don't know the right from the wrong. And further muddying the waters is, You've already got this whole storyline about AI, deep fakes, and everything. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, now to create a bamboozling video, just sitting at home and putting it out and offering it out for 5,000 bucks, as long as you can put some thoughts into it, there are mm -hmm. tools who are doing it. So, the cynicism has gone up so high. People mm -hmm. don't like until and unless they've spoken with you, and they've not spoken once. Where I used to have one time call, which would land to a to a business signing uh, a contract. I'm now doing three to four calls with the client. And I understand why. I'm a little different from others. I don't put out my client records purposely on social because to me, confidentiality is very important. I do ask for the reviews and when they come, I do share, but I don't put out a particular client and their growth because my perspective is this client will refer me somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And if I put out this, this client in the accounting industry has grown by 27% by doing X, Y, Z, I have to use the client's name. I have to tag the client's website. And when I say that percentage of growth or whatever thing, I am actually divulging something that is not proprietary to me because mm -hmm. I haven't done it single-handedly. It's the client's team that has done. I've been part of the team guiding them. I, you could call me, I'm a pilot. So I believe in that very, very uh, strongly. And I don't use that out, but people want to talk to you 
not once, not twice, not three times, more and more in person. Yes, video calls are fine, but they want to talk to get through to say, hey, if I do this program with Seabreeze, Spiros is the guy who's going to do it. So does Spiros really communicate that genuine honesty and integrity? And Oh, yeah, he's gone through 30 years or 25 years of this experience, SEAL teams, etc., scuba. That's the experience he's transferring onto the leadership side. Hmm, makes sense. Let's talk further. That's when the contract comes in to say, can we talk? Can you customize something? Mm -hmm. And you see where it's gone from you offering an off the rack item to being able to hold up a customized offer because your off the rack might be $5,000. But when you customize it and you have X number of packs, you're the one leveraging. You're the one in power to say, Joy, uh, this one, I'm sorry, we can't do for five. You do realize with 12, 15 people, this is going to cost near to double. So why don't we arrange something where we have this three times a year? Therefore, the total payment would be, let's say, 15,000, but you pay me 5,000 per time. And I, sorry, I digress there because I'm just, my head operates in dotting <laughs> the lines in terms of lead. But uh, yeah, coming back, it's showing honest, genuine personality you you need to put yourself out there and i think the world is moving more and more towards valuing people and this could be a bias speaking our age group kind people are valuing people who've worked in the trenches 20 25 plus years of experience you know uh, coming again why is this because there's a whole floating population of freelance service providers yeah. who are anywhere from one pdf knowledge to five years uh trying to make hay all right i'll leave it at that so uh in a few sentences as few as possible how and what the experience will be uh when someone uh decide to to work with you three letters they form a word called joy okay the experience is of joy because my whole purpose is to help clients build communities that actually drive their growth. So my marketing strategy and content is always aimed to help clients to create attraction. And from mm -hmm. that attraction, grow a group of people who respect them to be thought leaders, to be resource providers and service providers. And from there, grow by upselling, by referrals and repeat contracts. So if you look at it, any business today's in today's, especially in Vaka, there is a finite limit of how much money you want to make because there's a finite limit to your capacity of managing. As I said, my team and I, we cannot manage more than five clients. And it's a very simple logic to it. I personally like to be fronting with all my clients. I can give my clients 40 hours a week, once a week, every month, That's physically, Physically, I can do two, maybe three clients every day, mm -hmm. every day of the week, five days of the week. I, I, I love my weekends. So I'm sorry, nobody's getting into my weekends until unless it's crunch time. But beyond that, if I were to add a fourth client on the daily basis, mm -hmm. I have to find two hours from somewhere, which means those two hours will have to either go from my family, my kids, or my other activities, reading, whatever. It has to go. So that when I come to that point and I've been there, I really do a good old fashioned cost benefit analysis. 
Mm. I first see the money that I'm earning from the client. Does it justify my hourly rate that I used to have? I do not do hourly rates anymore, but I used to have. So if that money comes down to that hourly rate, then I see, can I replace this activity on that particular day on another day? Can I make up for it? So let's say, for example, uh, ideas for my own business's content. I have the two hours that I sit down and do. Can I do it on another day, on a Saturday, Sunday? Is there a win? Yes. Okay. Go ahead and do it. But then I'm making a commitment. So in short, clients come to me. They go away with being joyful. Why joyful? Because they, I, I give them a model over time of that year to put into play and grow a community. It's a non-ending cycle. You keep growing your village. Your village will always have people leaving. At some point in time, there'll be you need to bring other people in. When those other people come in, they need to have other skills. They grow, they buy from you, you grow. So you have a finite level. When you want to expand from there, there are other models that I use. But bottom line, it's joy. It's all about sustainable and consistent growth without stress. You know, I mean, awesome. that's that's all to it. Good. And where someone can find you? Oh, Let's you can find me on LinkedIn. The comments of, uh, of this uh, episode below. Oh, uh, this episode, when you post it up, I will comment. But people can connect with me through LinkedIn or mm -hmm. on Instagram. And they can get to my website through LinkedIn also. Or uh, simply just reach out to you if it's from your side. Okay. And you can always refer it to me. But LinkedIn and Instagram is both. And you'll find me both there as Joy Abdullah. It's easy to get me there. Joy, it was really fruitful conversation with you. Uh, it, it was very so nice that uh, you, you remind me um, basic things that uh, we need to take under consideration uh, in our everyday uh, business, but also in working lives. Thank you very, very much for uh, having this kindness to share all this knowledge and your passion through uh, marketing. And uh, I'm really looking forward to our next one because definitely there are a lot of things that uh, a lot of value that you can bring to the people that are hearing us. Thank you very much, Virus. I'm honored that you had me on the show. I think we've really busted the timeline on this one. It might have to become two episodes because we recorded for so long. And I'm always delighted to be there. Speaking of simplicity, that's what I aim for as my own purpose. When you make things, keep things simple, it's easier for people to understand. So I don't go to clients with or professional associates with spreadsheets and charts. Mm -hmm. I just go to them with simple pictures, pictures yeah. made out of words. That's all. And thank you so much. It's been an honor and a privilege. And I do hope we do a couple more very soon. Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here for another VUCA Leadership episode. Talking soon to our next one. Bye bye.